We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Alex Hurst, Adam Widrington and Simon Campbell here to give you the preview to the end of the season. The final nine Premier League games of the season, one FA Cup game or three FA Cup games, depending on how positive you are about the outlook in that competition. So you've got us three today to talk you through what's going to happen, why is it going to happen, how is it going to happen and a lot more apart from that. First of all, uh, Adam, how are you getting on, mate? Are you, are you excited about the return of football to your life? Honestly, I'm I'm absolutely elated that it's back. Like, I'm slightly conflicted with the fact that I, I kind of don't think sport should be starting yet while we're in such shit, like, or as it is. But actually, now that it's kind of, you know, on the eve of the cusp of what's going to be a, a frantic fixture list, all live football, like, and, you know, bona fide Newcastle United games again, like, even that they can't turn up, it's it's really really excited and you know fantasy premier league's going to be back football highlights are going to be back there's going to be loads to consume it's just going to be it's going to be chaos and i cannot wait sorry same question mate yeah i mean i i was absolutely done with football around christmas time i was ready for a break but then when it comes in the in the fashion that it has i've kind of <laughs> fallen back in love with football it's it's what's that thing isn't it where um, Absence makes the heart grow fonder. I'm absolutely buzzing to get some back, like even if it's Steve Bruce footy. It's just it's been a massive absence in my life. Yeah, I think I think that's that's pretty much the gist, isn't it? That a lot of fans seem to be just just happy for something to do other than go for a walk outside, yeah. um, go on social media and kick off about the takeover and and whatever else people have been doing. So I'm really looking forward to it. That might. Uh, you know, that might last until five past two on Saturday if we concede first and, and play really badly, Adam. It's sort of like a symbol of civilization, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Where things are happening, people are doing things. There are things, there are events to engage with or not. Like, I'm, I'm so ready for my life to be punctuated by football again. It's been a long three months. Yeah, yeah, it has. Uh, but we are back, and and lads, we've we've come back with a bang. You know, three pre, pre, pre. I don't know what you call this part of the season, but you know, pre, pre-season. <laughs> cool, I'll call cool it. Season. It's a yeah. close season, isn't it? Like the, it's, it's almost like having you know, Allardyce probably buzzing, been arguing for a winter break for years, got three months, not in management though. So you know, it, it, he's missed it slightly, but <laughs> but you know, we've had these kind of close season, mid-season friendlies, and I have a lot of respect, newfound respect for Steve Bruce, in that he did that classic. Champ man or footman thing, depending on your age, um, rather than arrange a friendly against another genuine football team, we just played ourselves for that first one. <laughs> it was like, we'll go to St. James's Park and we'll just play each other. Um, no idea how that one went, but Bentaleb scored an absolute screamer. Bentaleb, Bentaleb um, scored an absolute screamer. And then in the other game, it was more of a drive than a lob, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was it, that was a mistake by me, Adam. But thanks for picking up me up on that. <laughs> um, and and then we were battered middles with three two after being two 0 down at the first half. And then we um, eviscerated the mighty Hull City two 0 in, uh, in in ga- in a game with goal celebrations that looked looked embarrassing. To be fair, it was like when um, 
when St. Maximan scored, he was basically like, yeah, this is this is beneath me. <laughs> the, le- the level I can play at every week. But you, you could only beat who's in front of you, as many Premier League teams tell themselves when they're, when Newcastle turn up at their home grounds. Sai, anything you've taken from these friendlies, from the highlights? That, you know, Is there anything you think, you know what, actually go back into these games because of these friendlies and what you've seen, we're in a better position than when we had the forcible breakup? Um I suppose you could argue that the uh, the actual league games behind closed doors are going to have a more of an exhibition friendly feel, and therefore these games are a little bit like normal preseason friendlies. So just bear, bear no resemblance to a proper competitive football match, and that's probably still the case. But there's a little bit more of that exhibition feel to it, um, where your kind of unexpected players can can flourish, and you see Joe Linton look a bit more relaxed in some of the clips we've seen, and over the years the preseasons when some of your players who've had a shocker. I'm thinking of people like Tovan and uh, Remy Cabela who look class in preseason friendlies because there's no pressure and it's just having a having a kick around with the lads. And you'd like to think that that kind of lack of pressure is what um, carries over. So there's a little bit of um, of kind of positivity to be taken from. I mean, I'm stretching here. I'm really stretching, but there's some positivity to be taken from that. that <laughs> these lads are comfortable kind of expressing themselves in these in these kind of budget games, so to speak. Why not carry it into the the season where there's going to be zero pressure? Adam, same question. Is there anything or any performances or, or highlights that you saw from any of the lads that give you a bit of hope heading back into the rest of the season? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, look at, um, you've mentioned Sam Axeman, he looks pretty sharp and Almiron as well. I'm a th- those two are absolutely key for us. Um, I mean, you, you look at kind of who's been playing the games and it, it does look like he's going to kind of give Joe Linton that, you know, a, a, Second bite of the cherry, really. Sort of, um, I got a feeling he's gonna he's gonna get his opportunity to impress. Um, and then look at the likes of uh, you know, he's been playing a bit of Shelby and Bentaleb together as well, which we uh, a discussion that we had on the Best Eleven podcast on one of our Patreon shows last week. So um, yeah, that was that was that was good fun. And I think as as much as a lot of people might not think they could and should play together, maybe. It's kind of the quality and experience compared to the other midfielders in the squad, you know. There's the, but it's it's very difficult to pick out exactly what he what he's thinking. Um, as Simon said, these, these have been very very um, understated exhibition games. Um, it it'll be it'll be it's very very interesting. It's very hard to call at this point, I think, because a lot's happened since our last league fixture in back in back in Southampton. Yeah, and as Steve Bruce has has told uh, members of the press recently, we're in, you know, the best form of the season so far. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're, we we had drawn with Burnley and we had beaten West Brom and we had beaten Southampton. So there's worse form to be in, and and it's interesting, isn't it? Because this is this is something else we kind of touched on on one of the the patron shows that we've done is. You know, Newcastle United, I feel, don't have an enormous amount to gain from the end of the season. And, and, and there's a few clubs in that scenario. So, for example, you know, basically kind of anyone between Southampton, who are one place below us, up to kind of Burnley in 10th, you know, those five teams, which include us, you'd hope we aren't going to get relegated. You know, one or two wins, one win maybe is enough to, to avoid relegation with 35 points. We're not going to get into Europe. It will be a huge ask to get into Europe and, and, and finish up with the likes of Arsenal, Spurs, Sheffield United, Wolves. That's not going to happen. So there's, there's, there's no real danger for Newcastle United. We'll get onto the takeover stuff in a minute, maybe, but there's no real kind of pros or cons for Bruce. I think a lot of people have made up their mind. Obviously, if he wins like six out of nine games, people will be buzzing, but that's a stretch. Uh Sorry, if I start with you, like, is there anything you think going into this that that Steve Bruce can tell the players? You know, we we have something. Do we have anything to play for here? Would you have been happy if, if from a Newcastle United point of view, forget about money paid back by Premier League clubs to Sky and all that bullshit? Is there anything for you that that means Newcastle United have something to look forward to in these remaining nine games or ten games, including the quarter final? Um, yeah, as I say, the, the the cup in itself is the is the big one. It's the only real thing to play for, so to speak. I think um, the only carrot that Steve Bruce can dangle is that while this takeover continues to be there, hanging over the club, 
anyone who wants to be part of a club that gets taken over by bazillionaires has got nine games to prove that they, that they deserve, to, deserve to be around when, if, if and when that happens. So he's got that character dangle. But uh, yeah, you're right. That kind of bank of teams between, um, I mean, yeah, Arsenal, you'd expect to pull away a bit. So yeah, Burnley and Southampton, it's, it's, it's a, it's no man's land and it's going to be really hard to, to motivate the lads to, to take these games seriously. Um, unless we have a, um, a massive mare and, you know, some of the teams at the bottom start picking up points, but we've got such a cushion that I think you're right. I think it's going to be really tough to, to sell this season to, to the players, especially with, with no crowds and no atmosphere. It's an interesting one that, isn't it? Because, Every single game being televised helps, I think, a little bit. Do you remember back in 20... I think it might have been under Pardew, but it might have come back under McLaren as well, when the accusation was basically our lads only turned up when it was live on Sky. Yeah. They were like, Hamid Norwich got a decent draw with Chelsea, but as soon as those cameras weren't rolling, as soon as Gary Neville wasn't parking his Merck at St. James's Park, it was like, now I shite again. I mean, a serious point here. Some of these games are going to be live on on BBC, and you know, every single Newcastle United footballer, or most of them, are household names and are very famous. But there's a there's a difference between playing in front of like a million people on Sky and being on BBC at a peak time with free to air football being watched by kind of five, ten, fifteen, maybe million. I don't think anyone's going to watch our games in those numbers, but you never know. Um, so, so there is a little bit of of kind of notoriety on show. There's this is this is a unique period for football. You know that, that it just simply hasn't happened before. You know, even in the kind of darkest days of world wars, which seem so far away from these lives which we live now, they just stopped playing. They didn't play behind closed doors. So for professional footballers, they're kind of making history here. And it, also, there's the people like Javier Manquillo out of contract, Andy Carroll out of contract. You know, that, there's a huge opportunity for these lads. Matty Longstaff probably wants Watford to stay up, so we'll be rooting for them. That's a joke. <laughs> Hopefully a joke. <laughs> um, you know, Carl Dollar's out of contract, but it looks like Dubravka's back for it. So, Adam, you know, if you break it down maybe beyond the Newcastle United club, do you, do you think that we're going to see quite a lot from certain players here who've got a lot to gain? Do you think you're going to get that kind of discrepancy between players who've got nothing to play for and players who've got something to play for? No, not, not necessarily. I mean, I... I take Sai's point, you know, the, the this this looming takeover, you know, people are gonna want to be a part of that if it's gonna if it's gonna go down. So yeah. But actually, I kind of disagree that there aren't any other factors that would motivate the squad. I think I think just you know, they're professional footballers and football is absolutely their life, more so than any of us. Like like it's it's they you know, they eat, sleep and breathe it. And they've been bereft of it for three months. If I was a professional footballer and I couldn't play for three months and then suddenly we're back, like I'm given everything. I cannot I can't believe I'm back playing football again. Well I didn't I didn't it might it could have been half a year. It could have been a like we didn't know. We didn't know how long live sports can be back. I think I think I think the players are gonna be bang up for it. And actually, and I'm I'm talking beyond Newcastle United Football Club here, yeah, I'm talking about all the clubs. Mentality and slumps and you know, momentum and runs all being wiped. It's a clean slate for everybody. Like if people come out the traps, teams come out the traps in those first couple of fixtures, like that's going to change the whole complexity of the relegation picture, the, you know, the chase for European football. And, and yes, we're, we're in mid table mediocrity. Do we have anything to play for? Not loads, but I, I don't think we're going to be sleepwalking over the next few fixtures. I think, I think we're going to be bang up for it, and we, we we've looked fairly sharp. Bit of a caveat, because again, not massive. You know, it's not it's not a great test, and we won't know for sure until they get back out on that pitch again. But we have an opportunity to be one of those clubs that starts well, and you know, we've got a couple of winnable games. Um, and you know, if, if I think there will be a kind of we will thrive off the fact that the pressure will be less. Like you say, I, I believe you, Alex. I think we'll get. I think one more victory pretty much does it with a scatter of draws, comfortable. So I think if we can put that to bed early, there's nothing with the, with the pressure off. We can kind of just like Bruce can kind of say to them, just show me what you're made of, and 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 and, and actually we might benefit from that. 
I mean, do, do you think he's been saying any more than that so far? <laughs> he hasn't been giving out any tactical instructions. He's been literally saying every game, go on, lads, do your best. But one thing that Steve Bruce is, is like, you know, he has good rapport. A Sunday, he, a Sunday league manager. Yeah, and he's per, yeah, he's personable. Like, I'm, I don't agree that he should be managing Newcastle United Football Club. You know my stance. But he, the players do seem to like him. They do. So, like... Yeah, I, I, I just think they'll be motivated themselves simply because they won't wait to get back out there in front of the cameras doing what they do best. Like, I, I, I'm pretty optimistic, as you can probably tell. <laughs> I think you're right to to highlight the kind of easier start that we've got. You know, Sheffield United have got one of the best away records in the Premier League. And <laughs> <laughs> then we have Villa at home. And, you know, Villa plays Sheffield. It's this weird little three-team start we've got with those two sides who play each other tomorrow night when we're recording on the Tuesday in the uh, in the opening game. Um, so we, we, it's a real opportunity, but opportunities work both ways. Um, Villa are probably thinking, yes, we're absolutely battered, uh, a disgrace from Newcastle at our place, get us there. Um, Villa, terrible record at St. James's Park. Their away support at St. James's Park is pathetic, um, as they are a pathetic club in many respects. Uh, but they'll be viewing us as a chance for points. And particularly if they get a positive result against Sheffield, they're looking at four or six points. And we're, we're, us from having a 10-point gap to them now, with eight games to go, it goes down to four points and, and they're still very much in the relegation picture. And one major area of concern for me, lads, is it's not like we started the actual season like a house on fire, is it? You know, when we're kind of bigging up a 1-1 draw at Watford as a, as a sign of progress back in August or September, whenever it was. So... The slower starts, and Bruce is a bit notorious for slow starts um, across his across his career, certainly in the, the last part of his career where he starts really badly at the start of seasons. And then, then clubs either get out of it and go on this great run, or he gets sacked. Uh, I think they're sacking things off the table now, but um, you know it, it's a real concern for me. I mean, there's plenty to be worried about, but it's, you know I, I think these two games are crucial. We've got to get off to a good start. If we lose both these games or we get one point, all the previous doubts of much of the season come back rapidly, Adam. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, but I, I will caveat that with, you know, yes, he's had slow slots, but to conventional beginnings of seasons, like, as you said before, this is completely unknown. As I've mentioned, it cleans the slate for everybody. Like, anything can happen. It's so hard to call. People who are in rich vein of form, that's been wiped. You mentioned about, like, you know, Villa, we feel, oh, well, the last time we played them, like, I kind of feel that like the recency effect of results, it's just that's kind of gone out the window. Like how much can you take on the momentum from Southampton uh, three three months ago? You can't really. You've, you've lost it. It's gone. Mm. Uh, so it, I think that's going to matter less. It, what it will be interesting is, you know, certain teams will benefit from playing away and some team more than home and, and, and vice versa. Like we've got a really good away following, but suddenly we don't have anything. So does that, affect us we have we're very quiet at home but but without any crowd anyway maybe we'll be better at home like you know that's it's we, it's so difficult we, we are dreadful away from home with fans there so uh I can't, can't wait to see what performances without them and what home record's actually pretty good in a weird turn oh, against yeah. anyone who's actually beaten us in james's part of the season the encouraging thing is that uh we were battered um oh, sorry we got battered Nil two off off Sheffield United away when we went down there. So if we can play that badly and beat them two nil, we'll, we'll we'll start off with like a awesome fire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at the fixtures and and, and 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 I mean, you know, to go back to that central point of what have we got to gain from playing or where could we end up? You know, I think I think Steve Bruce would be absolutely buzzing to finish with more points than Rafa Benitez did in either of his two full Premier League seasons. The the Radio chairs of talk sport in the future and all of those kind of like old school pundit gigs, you know, well, I got a lot of stick, but I got more points than Rafa. Um, so for him to get to watch 46 points or 45 points, that's got to be a personal target for him after like, let, let's not forget, after basically the first six months of the season, just constantly like blaming the previous manager for, yeah, for the players. It'd be quite going to do a graph based on like, Net spend versus points gained. Mm. I mean, I <laughs> think probably got a more true reflection there. I think you're right. The, the ten, uh, the nine fixtures we've got, he's got to get ten points. And with 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 Villa at home, West Ham at home, 
and Brighton still to play uh, Bournemouth. You know, it shouldn't be that hard. But I'll remind you all that in um, 2014, John Carver had nine games to go <laughs> with, with 35 <laughs> points on the board. And we needed, he literally needed a comic book hero to save him on the last day, Spider-Man. Like, it, it is possible to have an absolute stinker from the position can, we're in. Can I just, uh, listen, I love a bit of rewriting the history as well. And I love Jonas Gutierrez. I've loved them ever since he signed for it. He's, he's absolutely class. Him and Jose Enrique in the championship shouldn't have been legal. What they did, <laughs> right-hand sides in that division, he was class. But, but when Jonas scored that late goal, Big Musa Sissoko had already done the business. It was just my superhero gag that was for. Yeah. Yeah. My point being, we, had to, we literally went into that West Ham game shitting ourselves because we could yeah. still go oh, down. Yeah. It was all written, wasn't it? Allardyce was coming back. Fortunately, Allardyce is a terrible manager. Don't tell yeah. anyone <laughs> in the wider football media, but he's a terrible manager, so we won easily. And, uh, and then he got sacked in the tunnel. But um, we, we did a, a show released this week on, on Patreon. We'll keep mentioning this Patreon thing. It's, it's a load of actually casting podcasts for seven quid a month. Get involved if you like this show. We'd appreciate it. We did a show this week, Ben and Charlotte, which was who said it? Steve, Bruce, or X. So there was a quote, and it was like some, like one of them was Steve Bruce, Bruce or Pablo Escobar Jr., Steve Bruce or Dr. <laughs> Alan Grant from Jurassic Park, um, Steve Bruce... <laughs> Uh, and one of them was Steve Bruce or John Carver because I wrote this show. I didn't. I wasn't on it, but I wrote it. And <laughs> one of one of Carver's quotes. Go, I don't know why we're talking about John Carver, but here, but here we are. This is where we find ourselves in 2020. Um, such was the magnitude and the effect that 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 spell he had had on my life. We lost. We lost to an already relegated QPR in a game that we just had to like draw to to stay up. And we lost. Uh, Emmanuel Rivier scored that brilliant goal, which he definitely meant. Um, and Carver, after the game, when he was like asked, like, "What the hell happened there?" He was like, "To be fair, it was really hot. It was so hot, and the lads kept going. <laughs> the lads kept trying. It was so warm. It was so humid. Totally ignoring the fact that, like, QPR because because they're a London side, it's not like going to Bolivia to play an international." Like the t- the conditions apply for both teams, but it was also sixteen de- degrees that day in London. It was sunny but cold. It's like <laughs> that's the low point of Newcastle United's history for me, uh, imagine, or, or one of them. Imagine him now playing all our matches in June and July. Like <laughs> the, the lad yeah. die on the pitch. Yeah, not safe. But anyway, back to me. Me point, which I made a long time ago. Adam, I'll come to you. As Cy correctly says, we are five of the bottom six still to play. Is this not an opportunity, Adam? Is this not an opportunity if you're Steve Bruce and you're the players think, you know what? Yeah, we can get top ten. Yes, it's going to be a stretch, but if we if we if we win six, if we win six of our games, what what that eighteen points that takes you up to um, fifty three. Um, you know, Man United have only got forty five now. Chelsea only got forty eight. I'm, I'm not suggesting we'd finish in the top four above those sides, but you know, it would, it would propel up the league. Is there not a, an argument here to say, you know what, with Almiron, Saint Maximan? Um, Shelby with with Dubravka back with the the, the centre backs. You know what? Rather than us talking about relegation, why the hell can't we go and win five six these games and get up the league? Well, this was kind of where I was starting to go with my point earlier. And like you know, if if we get a good start and 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 this sort of like sense of you know relief and relaxation sort of like uh, comes across the club because you know survival has been secured early. And, and what I kind of meant was why I think we could then push on without that pressure that we would otherwise be feeling. You know, anything's possible. Like you mentioned, you know, we have, we do have some talented players in our squad. Like there's, there are some players that I really like in that squad. And even if we, in the future, we get marquee signs left, right and centre, there's still a few, there's, there's still a few players from this squad that I absolutely want to be sticking around because they're great and I really like them and they're really talented and then they're really starting to develop and show what they're made of and show that they love the club. And I just think there is an opportunity. Um, you know, the it's so the league's so open and, 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 you know, even to kind of mix it in with kind of, you know, the likes of, you know, Wolves and <laughs> Spurs and Arsenal because <laughs> they're pretty low. <laughs> and like, you know, to, to mix it in there, like absolutely, as I said, clean slate for everyone. There's nothing to suggest that we won't just we. we there's still a, while we have a chance, you know, while we start the games, we have a chance of winning those games, and anything can happen. And yeah, by all means, we can finish top ten, and that's absolutely what Bruce should be motivating them to do. 
Sorry, bring Adam back down to earth, please. Yeah, uh, possibly, possibly we have good enough players to do it, but we've got bloody Steve Bruce manager, man. He's not going to win five plus out of these games. He's going to win two, maybe three, if he's lucky. So, yeah, you, you just keep forgetting we've got the worst manager in the league and we've got no influence of any other factors. Like, it's just empty stadiums with whichever manager sets up their team correctly for a game and do you really back Bruce to outwit any of the other managers in this league? It's going to be blind luck to get just enough points to stay up, which you'll probably manage. But And I suppose... He's, he's outwitted a few canny ones. I'm not defending him for a second, I promise you. But he... He has he has beaten some of the best managers in the league. He has. Mm. I hate not, to say it, but it's true. Not tactically. You can't you can't criticize him when he loses and then fail to praise him when he wins, Si. Absolutely, absolutely can. <laughs> um, you're not going to speak to bloody what's his name at Southampton. Five year deal after just like losing to Steve Bruce's Newcastle. Southampton's owners aren't slagging off Steve Bruce. They're like, you know, well done, well done to keep it down to one. Um, I asked I asked the world about this and got a massive 875 responses in, in less than an hour on at TFNUFC, our Twitter page. And I gave everyone uh, the option, how many points will we get across these nine games? And zero to five points came uh, quite low down with 18%. 11 to 15 with Adams kind of positively going on and even smaller, 12.2%. <laughs> Uh, glue sniffers of the Northeast United selected <laughs> 16 points plus, but it was only 4% of them. And uh, the popular with an absolute landslide was 65% was 6 to 10 points. And I think I think that's kind of it. 6 to 10 points is like two wins and two draws in it out of nine games. You get beat five times. You didn't get beat four times. Listen, there's some hard games to play, which no one would expect Newcastle and any manager at the minute to take points from. But I think that I think people will be satisfied with that. I don't think anyone would get on Bruce's back too much, you know. If we if we took took six six seven eight nine points out of these games, like a point a game, it's pretty much where we've been all season. Um, well, not not all season because we started dreadful, but you know, thirty five points in twenty nine games. Si, I understand the things that you're saying. Then we have done the kind of you know is Steve Bruce the right man thing to death a little bit, but you know, when Newcastle got thirty five points in twenty nine games. If they were to, you know, display that form right up to thirty-eight games, then he would be on course to to, be, to beat Rafa's total. And I think I think everyone kind of when we looked at, when we do that as it was when it was with Mark Corby in twenty thirty-five for this season, it would be like, <laughs> yeah, it was shite. But Simon Campbell uh, was on the the first podcast in the preseason preview saying we wouldn't win a game. So you know, fair yeah. play, Brucey. Well, statistically and scientifically, it still shouldn't be possible that we're on 35 points. I stand by that. It's it's a freak of nature that we have that total. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think most people would be satisfied with that six points, which would take us into, into the low 40s. Yeah, maybe seven or eight or matching Rafa's or just getting above Rafa's. I think from the position we're in, that wouldn't be really very good, would it? Like if you, if you just take a step back for a second and say, right, you're on 35 points and you've got nine games against more teams below you than above you. Six points would be a really poor return, but I think you're right. Most people aren't asked because Ben hit the nail on the head on a show last week that I don't really care if we finish 17th or or 9th, you know. It's it's still shite at the end of the day. Like, obviously, 9th would be an improvement in, in progress, but it's most people aren't that asked. You know, if we're safe, we're safe. That's it, then focus on the FA Cup. So I think you're right. There'll be that element of once we hit 40, no one will be that bothered. Whatever happens, I mean ninth, ninth. You know, Newcastle have finished higher than ninth once in the past like fourteen years, um, <laughs> something like that. So, <laughs> so anyway, anyway, Adam, I want to talk about the FA Cup. I want to talk about. Uh, do you think that the lack of fans has completely killed any chance to us? And if you're Steve Bruce. Are you, are you kind of treating the league games as secondary compared to the chance to, to not only win the cup or get to a cup final, but maybe even get into Europe? I don't think... And all we're talking about is one fixture at the moment. So I don't think he needs to choose necessarily yet between between the, the league or the FA Cup. Um, he will obviously want to play his absolute strongest side against 
Man City, but we will be squat, you know, we'll be rotating our squad anyway because there's only three game days between the fixtures. So, you, you know, maybe he'll engineer a way to, you know, refresh and condition sort of so that two fixtures before the City one, we play in our strongest, then the one in between, we play a slightly weakened or mixed up one. And then for the that's what I do on football manager anyway. <laughs> but I, I think, um, so I don't think he has to choose. Um, and what it has ruined is because I went, I went to West Brom away and it was, it was fantastic. And it was just such a great atmosphere. It was just brilliant to watch. I mean, petered out towards the end of it, but like, you know, to go, th- to go three up and just like know that you're in the quarterfinals finally. Um, you know, that's absolutely why I wanted to be there. Even though the trip was like, you know, a nightmare long, but it's, it, it just, it was, it was worth it because I knew how, you know, brilliant the atmosphere would be. And yes, it's not going to be the same that we can't go and that we can't see it, but that was never going to be, the, that was never going to be, that was never going to be a choice for us anyway, given what's then transpired. So I'm still really excited that we're still in the cup. It's still the FA Cup. It still matters. It's still a route into European competition next season. Should you should you go all the way? There, you know, there is abs- there's loads to play for there. And yeah, I, I think as much as probably be primary, I don't think Lee. I wouldn't necessarily go as far as saying the league will be secondary because he can he can juggle both. Yes, I. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's because we've had such a break, he's going to need to get people match fit so he kind of just rest them until the cup game. He's going to have to put strong teams out and just hopefully understand how not to injure them in between games. Um, I do think, though, that the lack of crowd and Man City basically having everyone back fit again is going to, it's, it's, it's killed with all of their players just being able to express themselves under no pressure. Uh, we might, we might get an absolute battering like Aguero fit, De Bruyne fit. David Silva, Silva's fit like they're going to kill a man. But at the same time, we'll at least have had a couple of games where we've played in front of no crowd, so at least they'll be used to it. I think going if that was the first fixture, I think I would absolutely were gone, yeah, because they would just pass around us and we'd get none of that. Like you say, the buzz of the crowd, the energy, we wouldn't see any of that. But yeah, maybe maybe we maybe we. Um, we are at a disadvantage in that respect because home turf, we would have shouted louder than they would. It would just would have been electric that night. Um, so yeah, maybe that. But as I said before, listen, like, listen anything can happen in football. In we're still in it. We're still in it. And yeah. particularly now, it's so unpredictable. It's yeah. so unpredictable. Man City might turn the shit. They probably yeah. won't. They probably won't. But they might feel the pressure. You don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah, anything can happen in football. I mean. Steve Bruce's Newcastle got 35 points. Like, anything could happen. Anything. <laughs> I mean, you know, to be fair, and it's 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 weird, isn't it, the way that and this isn't just football, this is the general news cycle for this age. It's like, before West Brom, after we'd kind of struggled to that nil-nil draw against Burnley, everyone just said, West Brom, we're going to beat where? Like, everyone. We did podcasts. Everyone just said, West Brom, we're going to beat where? And they didn't, and 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 for 60, 65 minutes, we absolutely battered West Brom's third string. So you know, <laughs> anything is possible. I joke, but you know, like, and then we moved on to Southampton after that, and everyone before that was like, Southampton are going to beat where we were terrible, and and we beat them. And I know, yes, if buts and maybes, but to, this is to kind of combat you a little bit, Si. Um, you know, Newcastle have played well this season. Newcastle have got some really good players, like Adam says, and. I want to move on and talk about individual players for you know for the rest of this season, and we'll kind of talk about who's got things to gain. Do you think? Do you think, Adam, that players? You know, what's the word here? Can I, I'll use the word. I'll go for inconsistent players like John Joe Shelby, players like um, Joe Linton. Inconsistent is one word. There are several other words he could use to describe his performances this season. Do you think they're going to benefit from a, a less pressurized environment in the stadium? and more of their natural ability will come out. You could even argue with the likes of um, Alisson Maximan and Miguel Almiron get even better. Will Fabian Cher start skinning players like he probably does in training into the against Cardiff once but hasn't done it since? Do you think that? Do you think there's any benefit to some of our players from not playing in front of crowds, or do you think it's it's all white noise, really, that, that argument? 
No, I think I think the crowds thing will certainly have an effect. And I made a comment on a podcast last week where by whereas I think players like Longstaff, where I think he's scrutinised a lot more than others simply because he's a local lad. Um, Joe Lytton, for sure. Um, I think some of those players who feel the brunt of the crowd will absolutely benefit. However, the, the point I made last week was I think players, there are players that we have that feed off the energy from the stands and it's the, it's the two wide men, like you said, Almiron and Sam Maximan and even Cher. Um, I think Shelby would actually benefit because I think Shelby, Shelby kind of plays like he's playing a training game anyway a lot of the time. And I think it'll certainly have that feel to him. I think he, if he's having a good game, you know, he gets the plaudits. But I think at the minute he can get wound up very, very easily and his head drops. And even when he, when he does bad things, I think the crowd will ex, you know, exacerbate that feeling. So I think... I think he will benefit for sure from from not having that negativity coming from the stands. Um, but yeah, he's he's he could be hit and miss. But let's not forget, you know, he's one of our top goal scorers this season. And um, if he if he gets the nod, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of John Joe. I know his I know his flaws, and I know where he, you know he lets himself down. But when he's on his game, it's a it's an absolute delight to watch. So I same question. Anyone spring to mind? I mean, Joe Linton's probably the big one. Do you, do you think that he there's so much pressure on his shoulders with the price tag. He's had a chance to have a few months off now, reset the batteries, or is he just not good enough? Yeah, I, I mean, it definitely, he's, it, this is his last chance, right? Here you go, Joe. No pressure. No one's going to be getting it. You know, you're not going to have that like the whole stadium almost willing you to, to make a mistake because they're expecting it now. Um, so he's got this opportunity to, to go in with a, a clean slate. And then, yeah, if 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 over. I was going to say nine games, but if over five games, he still doesn't really produce it. We, we know we know the answer to that question. He's just not very good. Um, I, I think um, on Shelby, I, he's never really struck me as someone who reacts to the crowd much. He either just has a good game or he doesn't. He doesn't seem to be phased. I think some of the more senior players won't be that arsed either way. So I think it is about those younger, more, um, more inexperienced players that this might help. Um, that said, I think the long staffs, Definitely up their game for big St James's Park games. So it'd be interesting to see what they're like just in a in a kind of the exhibition style uh, format that this is going to be played. I think um, Maximan reacts well to the crowd, so I'm interested to see what he's like. I, I agree, Shackles off. It could be interesting, but equally, the crowd will him on, and then he goes in these mint, mint runs in, in reacting to how excited the crowd gets. So without that, it'd be interesting. Same with Almiron. Like they both excite the crowd and then feed off it. So. It's really hard to say whether that this is going to make them better or worse. Um, yeah, uh, the, the rest of the players, I think, with the experience like Lascelles, I don't think he'd be phased at all. I think your yeah, yeah, Fernandez is unfazed, but it's, it'd be interesting. Some of the younger, less less bedded in players. Very interesting, and and it like it. it I, I'm really buzzing that football's come back. Uh, you know what is it? It's something like ninety odd games in forty days or something. Uh, it's you know every single you know weekend midweek weekend midweek and we saw over Christmas New Year how good Steve Bruce was at, at rotating the lads and, and <laughs> keeping them keeping them injury free. Um, on a on a on a more serious note though, it's 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 just going to be nice just just watching Newcastle United play football for all for all the pain and devastation that the cause um, on and off the pitch. You know, if anyone from the club's listening. Be great to get me fourteen. I bought fourteen Man City tickets for various people. No sign <laughs> of that money, even though I've been in the pocket. I need a Bournemouth away ticket refunded. I need the remaining games this season refunded, lads. Um, how we get it sorted out? And I just, before we kind of talk and finish off on um, a story older than the Bible, the Newcastle United takeover saga. I just want to get your predictions, lads, of of how you think we'll get on this season. So, Adam, you first, Mister Positivity, compared to your other co-host, how many points will we get this season? And where will we finish? Right, so we're currently 13th and we're currently four points off top off. I think I think realistically we're probably going to finish 11th, 12th. But I think that's okay. 
with, with how many points, mate? Or how many how points many? do you think we'll get in these nine games? Um, maybe about 13. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, Silence. Uh, not even drunk. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think when you look at the the teams above us, uh, we're close to Everton, but with Ancelotti, they're not going to. You've got to remember that we're talking about: Are we going to get more points than these teams above us? And, and uh, that's that's going to be hard. So we're four points off Burnley, so we'd have to get five more points than them to 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 get into the top half of the table potentially. So. I can see a situation where we have a bit of a um, pardue in 11-12 where we've got, um, and then on the last game, we could finish anywhere from like 8th to 13th and end up finishing 13th. That's if we don't have a John Carver, which I can also see happening. And we're, we're, we're playing Liverpool, who will have already won the league at least, to, to stay in the league. Um, so I'll go with my instinct from the start of the season and say we could still finish bomb. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, Pardew 10 11 there. 11 12, we took the bus to Goodison with a chance of finishing third and qualifying for the Champions League. Yes, so you, mean, might, you, mean, you mean 10 11 and, and Solomon Troy and his Solomon Troy Hadwick. Yeah. yeah. Disgrace. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. You know, not I wasn't expecting it. You get good money on that side. If you want to put your money where your mouth is and your castle to finish below Norwich City, bottom of the league. <laughs> Um, and anyway, we 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 battered Norwich nil nil at our place a few weeks ago and let them have loads of chances. We still couldn't beat. That's how good we are compared to Norwich. For for me, I'm gonna give a, a slightly wonky answer. Um, look at the first four league games. The first four league games are the season for me. We'll have a really bad time against uh, Sheffield, Villa, Bournemouth, and West Ham. And then you could even include there's Man City, but then there's there's Man City twi- you know twice once in the cup, once in the league, and there's Watford after that. So five of the first six league games, that they're your points there. You want to be taking, yeah. you want to be taking at least at least six points from those games, at least. And that doesn't even sound like that much against those sides, but but it, it goes to what what Adam alluded to earlier in the show that you're playing against sides who who have got a lot more to play for than you, who are a lot more motivated. I mean, who knows when next season will start, though I noticed you for today put something out saying they'd like European leagues to start by September the 12th latest for next season. Who knows whether that's realistic or not. But, you know, the, these lads are playing for 50% pay cuts and all this kind of stuff and, you know, or, or new contracts. So those five of that first, the first six, that's the season. If we, have a, if we have a tricky time and we don't win a game, God forbid, or we only win one, it's it, it's going to be really grim, but it sets us up so well. Even if we pick up a couple, of, even if we win three of those games, I'll pick up nine points from those first six games. It puts one forty-four points with another um, three or four games to play, and then 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 it goes to what Adam said: like anything's possible after that. You can genuinely deceive Bruce management of like, you never know, lads. Like you know, get yourself in the box, big Joe. You never know, like. It could genuinely happen, and then you know Spurs and Liverpool are hard games, but Brighton isn't because they're not very good. Because Sai, you say where it's a miracle now that we've got thirty-five points from twenty-nine games. Well, Jesus Christ, how bad must the sides below have been? And I've seen Burnley <laughs> play twice this season. I've seen Burnley play twice this season. I went to Turf Moor in December on the shittest day of the year, and like how they've got four more points than us is testament to like anything can happen and, and we have the tools to beat these teams if they're well prepared if they're well motivated and they're disciplined and they do everything that we can do right we can we can pick up a lot of points in these games and that's exciting for me yeah. um I think like there I is said, the, go on sorry. sorry there's one fact that we haven't touched on that I did actually want to want to go into in uh, individuals because it's it's Martin Dubravka that we were expecting not to finish the season with and we, we, is he, uh, he going to be fit to to yeah. play all these games yeah that that's that's massive. That is a huge struggle of luck for Bruce. But like, the difference that he makes is is will be the difference of like five six points. Like, legitimately, uh, we lax we wax lyrical about him all the time. Um, but in the, in the Premier League, when you've got kind of it's, it's it's such fine margins, especially between the what you've just described is that basically the bottom twelve teams are shite this year. So it's such fine margins, and when you've got a keeper like that who um, who is the difference between like making just one mistake 
it, 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 it earns your points, you know. The, the Premier League this season has been about who's going to make a mistake. You basically lose the game. Um, having a keeper not only reduces the chance of like your keeper making a mistake, but the, the four players in front of him are far less likely to make any mistakes that cost us points and games. So I think with Dubravka back, the Adam side of this is probably a little bit more likely. And uh, <laughs> it doesn't pay me to say it because I'd much rather see us win some games and play some good football. But yeah, I think that Dubravka is going to make a difference. A huge one. I totally agree. And, um, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's mad to think that he would have been injured for these games um, were, it, were it not for the lockdown. You know, he got a really bad injury um, um, fairly, well, well, it was in March, wasn't it? It was early March. And uh, yeah, we would have, he would have been a huge miss for these games. Now. So to have him back, you know, that really bolsters us. And just as a final word for me in terms of well, what good and bad, First bad, I worry about squad conditioning, as you've mentioned before. Injuries, Steve Bruce hasn't been great at managing those. Um, and we're about to face the, a very, very tough, torrid fixture schedule. So that's something to keep an eye on. As a positive, though, if you look at our three loan players, you know they added quality to our, and experience to our squad, which have been lacking. And yeah, a couple of them had a couple of sketchy games. and But, you know, I, I saw sparks in all of them and... You know, I think Rose is a great addition along the left-hand side. He just It's the fact that he knows that position so well. He has so much experience standing on that side of the pitch and knowing where to go and what to do at what times. So that that's huge for me. And, you know, Bentaleb and Valero, you know, had hit and miss starts to their career. But, you know, they've had three months of extra integration without having to sort of face the crowd kind of thing. So I, I expect to see much better performances from our lone players because I think they'll feel a lot more part of the club. Um, if, if, if by all accounts all loans are going to be extended, I know a couple of them have definitely. Um, then you know they've got a lot to play for. They've got a lot to show us what they can do, and they're they, they're playing for permanent contracts. Yeah. You mean you mean Lazaro? I think you described some sort of ice lolly. Lazaro. Sorry, yeah. Um, but like the thing is with Lazaro, I thought he, he he's looked so sharp, and yeah, he had. Torrid time as playing in a, in a sort of defensive role, but if we were to play him further further ahead on a, on a right wing, then he looks sharp and he's like I say he's got quality. Signed for Inter Milan, you know. Yeah, funnily enough, the four four two suits him just in, a, and it probably suits the lads. Just like simple, however, no pressure. Just just play the game you know how to play. So yeah, uh, there are, there are positives. I'm not going to lie. There we're gone. If, if you're getting there are positives from Simon Campbell, the world really is fucked up. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tears streaming down size cheeks of, of <laughs> not, not not of happiness when we lift the FA Cup, but of like anger that uh, <laughs> that Bruce has done it. I'd be um, so good. I would be angry that we weren't there. Like that would be so good and win the cup when we're bloody like empty stadium. Oh, but I you... would start a campaign for a bronze Bruce statue in in Simon's name. I'll do that for you, mate. Right, well, I'll get me protest well, group and have that down in, in weeks. I was going to say putting up statues is not uh, is not advisable at the minute. But <laughs> but moving swiftly on to the end of the show, we'll have to touch on the you know the Newcastle United takeover saga. It's what 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 just cracks me up like daily is just these lads on Twitter who are just like it's happening, it's happening, and and you'll, you'll get loads of people in the replies saying like shut shut up, what are you talking about? Like, well, if it doesn't happen. You know, all I can do is pass on the knowledge I've got, and it, yeah. and it doesn't happen. And then you see this like fucking mental geopolitical situation between two Middle Eastern states, which is just the fact that we were talking about in this podcast seems absurd. Then you've got people saying it'll happen, but then the next day, no one knows anything, but it's definitely happening. Like, just it's just the most ridiculous situation. I'm sick of it. I'm sure everyone's sick of it. And it just it just it just seems so implausible that when the news broke back in the start of bloody April, that we'll be starting to play football again without it happening. And every time I record a podcast on this, I'm always like, well, by the time it goes out, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I hope it's happened. And it just hasn't happened. I'm so sick of it. In like this whole furore around the World Trade Organization and BN Sports, BN Sports saying, well, if Saudi Arabia are allowed a Premier League club, we're not going to pay as much money in future. 
it's like when you were younger and someone saying, well, if he plays, he, he, he did a really bad sliding tackle last time, and if he plays, I'm not playing. And then you'd only have nine players, and you'd just be like, oh, man, just play. That's what I'd be like in the Premier League. I'd just be like, shut up. Keep showing my games. Keep Just just stop being an arsehole about like everything. It's just so, so tiresome, this like tit-for-tat, piracy, human rights. Then you've got people saying, oh, Newcastle fans, careful what you wish for, because they're, you know I've been on podcasts, national podcasts, where they're like, that the, these lads aren't Man City, and it's like, can can we just have the takeover before we tear, tear it apart? Can it just happen, and then it can go wrong? Like let let it happen, and then it can all fall to pieces. Just the amount of negativity uh, towards this takeover from the national press, and I, I get I get I, I understand that no one knows anything. I also understand that before like tomorrow when football comes back, column inches needed filled. But just the amount of bullshit spoken, it's got, it's got, it's it's the takeover of bullshit. It is, it's the takeover where people just say shit for effect, and it just needs to happen or not happen. I'm completely sick of it. So there's my rant, lads. I don't know if any of you want to comment. I don't think you need anything else from us. You've, you've nailed it. I no, think you've, you've absolutely, you've absolutely hit the nail on the head. As say, uh, as of tomorrow, there's other stuff going on again. There's football matches. So hopefully that's the end of bullshit season. But yeah, tedious and sick of it is is exactly how we all feel. I, I definitely don't look at Twitter for takeover stuff anymore. It's like, it's, I'm numb to it. Like, I am at that point where if it's going to get announced, and then, yeah, like this, the stuff about the WTO report coming out, I've not read a single word. I don't need to. I'm not going to understand it. It's, it's not going to tell me anything more about whether I think the takeover is going to go through or not because I don't know what the criteria is. So it's like, it's not even worth worrying about. Just let me crack on, man, and just wait for the news. Indeed. Well, this has been the True Faith Podcast, the big the big preview of the end of the season. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening. If you do like the show, you can do us a tremendous favour by rating the podcast five stars and leaving a nice comment on Apple Podcasts if that's your platform of choice. Thanks to, to Adam and Sai. It's been good to chat with football about you. Remember, you can catch us constantly putting on your Cassie United contact on our Patreon page. Going to have absolutely loads going on, obviously, over the next few weeks, and we'll have uh, we'll have a podcast on this free podcast platform uh, after every single Newcastle United game. So you've got that to look forward to, or not, depending on how the games go. <laughs> uh, so thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Thanks to you two lads again, and speak to you all very soon. Cheers.